Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB for the 30th of August. Uh, this is the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance, markets, and I guess just for a couple more days, reporting season, Andrew. Keeps giving. Yes, it does. <laughs> and uh, well, How many was... CEO interviews did you have today? Oh, I know. I've lost count. Um, no, well, it started, of course, with Fortescue this morning. Uh, look, you've got to love a dividend, haven't you? And boy, did they deliver. Why would you not love a dividend of $2.11 per share? Yeah, market treating Fortescue's result quite favorably, you've got to say. Um, in fact, the profit doubling. I mean, you you can't look past that iron ore surge. Of course, this week we get a bit of China data that mm. might go a long way to explaining uh, how iron ore will travel in the months to come. But look, a bumper profit um, and management bonuses cut. Interesting. It's interesting, isn't it, the way investors have treated this? Um, that I mean, obviously, you know, the dividend, fantastic. But when you look at the outlook, because mm. surely it's all about the outlook. It, it always you know, is. Where it's going. Yep. And, you know, the iron ore price, well, it's come back, but it's not looking fantastic from where it's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the market liking it. Market liking it, but it was a good day for miners all around. Um, you know, materials overall was up by close to 3%. BHP was higher. Rio Tinto was higher. Uh, so probably not too poor of a day to be releasing results. But they, you know, they were solid results. Let's not take anything away from Fortescue Metals. And of course, one of the papers running the the typical how much Andrew Forrest makes in a day. I think it was $2.3, $2.5 million. Small change. Yeah. Um, yeah, he can't help himself at the moment. He's weighing into Afghanistan. Uh, you know, he's become very yeah. uh, active on the political scene too, hasn't he? And I yeah. guess maybe that comes with, uh, you know, uh, diversifying um, <laughs> your job. That's quite the diversification there. Uh, Fortescue Metals up 6.6%. I think we'll leave that one there. InfoCare yeah. uh, was one of those companies that has had a number of headwinds over the past few years. Like, I feel like I've been talking about this forever. COVID was one, of course, because there weren't, it sounds awful, as many deaths add, you know, add, as can happen. Um, but it was the best performer today on the 200, up by 8.6%. On the flip side, Altium, uh, that was down some 14%. Ouch, that hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was an unaudited result. They're having problems just finding auditors at the moment. Well, apparently, yeah, they're blaming a delay yeah. at the auditor. And I know that the CEO, we didn't get the chance to speak with him, um, but the CEO is saying that he is surprised by the extent of the share price drop. Of course, he's calling the report strong, but to your point, it's always about the outlook. Um, you know, revenue didn't go anywhere, anytime um, huge, and it's not expected to in the months to come. And, of course, they did they did knock back that deal from Autodesk. Mm, that's true. Um, and just uh, also looking at those who lost out today, Helios, that was down around 7%. Mm-hmm. Newix, my goodness. I mean, just look at the last six months for that company. It has just been relentlessly I think negative. many investors, thank goodness there's not, you know, an over, <laughs> you know, an, an overload of retail investors in it, but they would want to look away from Newix. It's not pretty. Uh, 
of course, uh, the day began on Friday night, really, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it because sure it did. Because it was uh, Jackson Hole. We've moved on since then, haven't we? Um, there was so much expected from Jackson Hole, but it was only in the last few days, I think, people thought, hang on, let's not get overexcited. Uh, we're not going to get a lot out of the meeting. Look, everybody I was talking to last week saying we're not going to get a timetable. So that's exactly what we did not get. We got talk about the difference between a taper and raising rates, which had been expected. Um, I, you know, lots of people saying it was more dovish than expected. Many others saying it wasn't because, again, we weren't expecting to get anything other than uh, an assessment of the economy and what the markers, you know, the milestones will need to be before we start to see that taper. But look, the Fed is doing whatever it can to avoid a taper tantrum, and it appears so far so good. Well, you've got to give Jay Powell a big tick, haven't you? Because he managed to perfect uh, that, that talk of the balancing act, uh, treading a very fine line there. And obviously, yeah, it was well received. When everybody looks every word, you know, the semantics. Yeah. I mean, that would that would give me a heart attack coming in here every morning if everybody was going to hang on every well, that's single why he's word. paid to do that, isn't he? I guess so. Um, uh, why are we talking about pay so much today, Andrew? Are you feeling a little tired by reporting season? <laughs> yes, thanks. Uh, all right. Well, look, um, and also we see weighing on his thoughts is the COVID situation just with what's going on with Delta. And clearly we're seeing that uh, in Australia at the moment. Goodness, I just spoke with um, uh, Grant Wilson from... Exante. Uh, Exante mm-hmm. uh, Danta. Data, and uh, he is incredibly negative about the outlook at this point. Uh, look, he clearly doesn't like the, the fact that the government's sticking to the Doherty mm-hmm. uh, plan as to far as the opening up of the economy, but he just thinks it's it's all going to end very badly when we do start opening up. Yeah, I had a conversation with him to that effect a couple of weeks ago. It'll be worthwhile if you're interested on an alternative point of view to go online and listen to the past few interviews that we've done with Grant Wilson. They'll be online, well, probably now if you go have a look. Um, yeah, big concern, but... You know, Andrew, it's not worrying equity investors. I mean, a bit of a pause today in the wake of Jackson Hole and ahead of the U.S. non-farm payroll report. But, like, where else are investors going to get yield right now? Equities. Yeah, well, that's true. Maybe even travel stocks. I noticed that uh, Cara, she spoke to Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities on the trade. Just looking at the potential for travel stocks at the moment, of course, they did come back quite sweetly uh, last week. Um, do, you, do you reckon you'd be brave to get in there at the moment? Because, I mean, it is still very uncertain. And, um, you know, maybe that's also the back of the likes of Qantas, their outlook. They're very bullish. Well, you know, speaking of uncertain, that seems to be the consensus about a lot of the sentiment toward reporting season just in the past week or so. So at the beginning, it was pretty bullish, you know, talking about pretty solid results coming through, lots of investor optimism around them, but it seems to have waned. And that's the conversation that we've been having with many of our expert guests that, look, it was good, but it wasn't great. And it's the uncertainty over FY22 Mm. that is now capturing the conversation. So for a lot of these companies, I mean, is it it as as good as it gets, Yeah, so well, that, that is the question is that you've got to ask as uh, an investor and a shareholder in some of these companies. Now, another company, clearly, that's been affected by COVID and those uh, lockdowns has been Crown Resorts. Uh, uh, well, well, and then some. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously in Sydney, can't even open. That's for broader regulatory issues as well. Melbourne, 
uh, obviously, because of extended lockdowns there. Perth, it is open at the moment, uh, but it's, it's got a Royal Commission happening in Perth and also in Melbourne. Uh, there are so many issues affecting the company and its leaderless at the moment as well. Yeah, and uh, it was Kashi's stock of the day. He spoke with Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor and Mathan Samasundaram from Deep Data Analytics. Get this, Mathan says the results are so ugly, it makes him look like Tom Cruise. I think Mathan's <laughs> being a little hard on himself there, but let's take a listen to what they had to say. I mean, it's ugly. Um, you can think of every category that it can go wrong in, and they went, tick, we'll go below that. We'll get worse. And they have. Um, so, I mean, who cares about the result? Everyone knew these guys are going to be struggling. Uh, the macro is just weak. Management has had more problems than it can poke a stick at. But it's one of those stocks where I think it's so ugly and the asset is good enough and it employs so many people that it's going to be there. Maybe not as crown, maybe something else. But at the end of the day, it's going to be around. And if anybody's going to buy them out, there's a premium coming. So I think it's not, look, it's ugly, but it's an ugly buy. Well, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that I we actually own Crown Resorts in our portfolios, and it's been um, oh geez, it's been one heck of a ride. The result was terrible, David. There's no real way about it. But I'm I was stunned they're making as much revenue as they are. I mean, everything is locked down, and they're still generating one and a half billion dollars in revenue. It's worth breaking that down a little bit. Now they're lucky that they have um, a, an excellent casino over in Perth, and that's been largely unaffected. And the experience from that casino shows that post-lockdowns, um, casino revenue, casino profit jumps uh, remarkably. On balance, I would agree. I, I think this is a buy too, um, but not a thumping buy. I think the, one could do better in the market than buying Crown today. But it, I think if you hold it over time, you probably do well. guess there's a price for everything, Andrew. Well, it's funny, you were just saying, is this as good as it gets for a lot of companies? Is this as worse as it gets yeah. for Crown? Maybe that's the opportunity they're seeing right now. So that will remain in the Osbiz portfolio, which you can track by going to our website. Um, I think we just do need to mention quickly that we did have the partials for GDP coming through today. I just read some analysis from ANZ quickly, and they said, look, we're going to wait to get the rest of them tomorrow before they potentially revise their GDP forecasts. My day started, Andrew, with reading a note from CBA saying that they are bearish right now on the prospects for the recovery in the next few months from these lockdowns. And they now anticipate, don't forget the RBA is next week, that the RBA will delay its taper, given all the uncertainty. Yeah, you only have to see what other central banks have done. I mean, you know, very instructive looking at what New Zealand did, the RBN said mm. there. Uh, on the day, in fact, they made that decision uh, to, to sort of go nowhere uh, with the rate increases which were expected. Um, so, yeah, extremely uncertain. Doesn't look good just as far as, well, obviously negative this quarter, but for the following quarter as well, as we're leading into Christmas. If I had a dollar for every time we say uncertain, uncertainty or some some combination of the two, ah, I don't know if I need to come to work tomorrow. Because we hate it. We do, don't we just? Um, look, tonight, I, I think it's a bit of a breather, you know, before we get non-farm payrolls, because that, that's make or break now in, in a large way. Tonight, though, we do get some data out of the United States. We get pending home sales that should show the continuing constraints of supply on sales. That's a big issue in the States. And we get the August Dallas Fed Index, so talking about the regional impact potentially of the Delta strain, because it's, it's rampant. It's rampant in the States. I think over 1,000 deaths mm. in the States yesterday. Yep. Um, 
We should also keep an eye on China too because that's a moving story just as far as uh, demand there is concerned. I mean, we're talking about iron ore um, also. Um, gee, I was just talking to um, James Willen earlier in the day. The luxury goods market is just collapsed there because, look, obviously they're putting the screws on as far as they, they don't want that conspicuous consumption mm. in China uh, because, of course, they, had, you know, they were trying to encourage people to have more children. That hasn't worked. Because they know just how expensive it is. And they need social cohesion. That's the only thing. Well, that is the biggest threat to the system in China. Mm. They need to keep people happy. And Chinese people are finding it increasingly unattainable to Mm. raise children in in the way in which they they really do need to do to compete in that society. I mean, think about the competition. Think about the competition coming our way for our children going through school from China in terms of, you know, just, just pure, pure smarts and innovation and brain power and everything else. It's pretty incredible. Well, that's right. You know, given when certainly the middle class, um, they're all being educated after school to get that, trying to get that advantage, aren't they? Yeah. Look, um, a couple of interviews still on reporting season tomorrow. A cash converters reported today, but we'll speak with the CEO tomorrow. I can see Resimac is in tomorrow. Uh, I'm just going through my my page, which is not organized really well so um a a lot of the conversation as well you know will clearly be as the dust settles on reporting season what does it mean do you need to rethink your portfolio do you need to rethink your allocations you know what's to come yeah just as far as you know interesting just as far as uh earnings is concerned to where they're going uh because we're getting some revised sort of it's been revised downwards a lot of those uh the eps growth hasn't it at Mm -hmm. this point Um, yeah and I think um, well less than less than half have actually provided any guidance at this point. That's a bit of a problem. Um, so yeah, we'll get lots of views on that. I mean, Steve Johnson from Forger Funds is joining us. Jason Tay from Vertium. Um, we'll also be speaking with Alex Pakoulis from Harper Bernays. I mean, yeah, the list goes on. I think I think for now though, call it a day. Why not? Not bad for a Monday. Not bad for a Monday. The local market ended up. Two-tenths of a percent, 16 points for the S&P ASX 200 at 7,505. Nadine, have a good night. See ya.